Welcome, everybody, to the Akatech Podcast. Once again, Jay will not be joining us, as he's being hanged for high treason. So this week, I am your host, the Joker, Z, joined once again by special co-host, the Giganatosaurus, Colin. Welcome back, Colin. Mm, thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us. Second week in a row. Of course. Really, really come in. Been a, been a real hero for us. So this week, once again, we saw a special new feature at the theaters this weekend. We, we saw Jurassic World uh, Dominion. Which was pretty good, right? What do you say? I thought it was good, yeah. I really liked it. We'll get into it. There's been some opinions, as usual, on the show. Uh, the things we discussed, there's hot takes abound from everyone, but... We thought it was about good. dinosaurs. Yeah. Really, really critical ones. Well, so that's kind of, and like, I, I, I will freely recognize, right, right off the bat here, that this is a little hypocritical of me, because often we get on the show and we can be kind of uh, critical of, of the things people like, right, and say, we've said before with, like, the, the thing that, the one that comes to mind for me, at least, is um, Venom 2, which a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a goofy, fun movie. It's just fun. Why can't you just enjoy it? And the same with Morbius, but we... We dragged those movies pretty relentlessly for being bad. <laughs> Which that movie was just bad. Well, and that's kind of the difference to me is like, and obviously it's all it's all opinions, it's all subjective, right? Or yeah, it's all subjective. So obviously you like what you like, but the thing with those is that even though they are supposed to be whatever, like goofy, just fun, nonsensical, not too worried. The thing about those is that we genuinely just didn't find them as entertaining, right? And yeah, honestly, the thing about like Venom Two and Morbius is they're just kind of they're boring. Like, well, I feel like as a Marvel movie, that that Venom Two movie, I mean, it kind of had some standards to live up. I mean, it's a, it's a Marvel, yeah. movie, so it's supposed to be like a big production. Like, I mean, hypothetically, a good movie. That's the thing with the Sony ones, right? And, is they're kind of riding off the Marvel coattails. They right. want you to associate the brands together, even though there's definitely a difference in in the actual quality. And of course. So, yeah, the thing about this movie, though, is, like, even though it is also kind of goofy, and, like, you can just go with the same line of, like, oh, it's not supposed to be serious. It's just a fun superhero. Or, you know, this one's a fun dinosaur action movie. I can't just enjoy it. Again, I think the difference is that it's just generally a little more enjoyable. For us, at least, it was. I don't know. It, it wasn't boring. Like, it was just a good action-packed dinosaur movie. Yeah. I won't pretend it was, like, high cinema. Like, again, I think we, we're usually pretty good about, like, differentiating it. But, yeah, compared to some other stuff. It is actually just more enjoyable to, to watch. I don't know. I agree. I, I see why people would say it has some of the same sort of pitfalls as movies like that, of like all just flash, there's no substance to it, and it's just kind of simplistic with the plots and everything. But yeah, I don't know. So let's get into the specifics of this one. So Jurassic World Fallen, Fallen Kingdom ended, right? With the dinosaurs all got out. They're in the world, right? It's Roman free. It's Roman free. And now this one, Dominion, it takes place the, the real amount of time right it's been four or five years or whatever it was later right um and so now the dinosaurs are you know somewhat integrating into the into the ecosystem and there's like some growing pains involved with that right and so the movie opens with this uh this like prologue news report thing that really just kind of obviously is there to very much bring you all up to speed show you what's going on right so we learn that you know they're Again, there, there's some growing pains here. They're, like, integrating. They're, they're causing damage. They're in human habitats, right? We see, like, there's pteranodons, like, nesting in New York on skyscrapers and stuff. And But there's this the new company. There's Biosign, right? And their thing is they're trying to they're trying to coexist. So they want to get a new preserve started. They basically want to do a new, a new Jurassic Park. But it's not really for 
Not for people. It's not for people to just come Just for the dinosaurs. Watch. Just for the dinosaurs to live in peace. Supposedly. That's what they say, right? That's the angle they go with. And so I understand people have been a little critical of this part of the film, which I do get, is that they kind of just are doing another Jurassic Park, right? The whole kind of premise of this was like, yeah, oh, the dinosaurs are in the real world. What is that like? And then in reality, it turns out the dinosaurs are just going to rampage everything. Destroy everything. Yeah, I guess they didn't want to commit to that, so the dinosaurs are just in a, a secluded, fenced-in area again. Right. Which I definitely understand as a complaint. Like it's it's in, less interesting. In the beginning, it, Biosphere said it was for for research, for curing diseases and things like that. But it it was for other reasons. Well, yeah, of course we get into it. and like there's the there is like some questionableness to the the nature of all like the science mumble jumbo in this movie, which is like oh that we we're gonna find secrets in there. In their, like, yeah, their, their DNA and, like, their genetics and all. Which, again, obviously is questionable because, as it turns out, they're not really trying to do that anyways, I guess. So, that's kind of the point. But the thing is, like, we kind of learn, or not even learn, but it'd be like, is is that even, like, possible? Right? Like, because most of the dinosaurs are not real animals, as they've talked about in the previous movies. They kind of, like, genetically engineered them to be what they wanted. They, they right. fill in the gaps in the DNA and all that. So, it's like... These aren't actually the animals from back then. It's and not really half of it. They're all just, you know, we're created in a lab by scientists. So That's like, what I'm saying, right? They're not the how real. How much could they actually offer? Yeah, they're not the real animals from before. They were made by modern people anyways. So, but whatever. Um, And so we got Owen and Claire, right? Who are, they're still all together. Well, it really, it opens with her. They're they're being like dinosaur activists, right? She's she's trying to like help them out. Because Shutting there's down the, uh, what, reproductive? Yeah, it was like a breeder, I uh, guess. Breed, yeah, breeding of dinosaurs. Because there's this, there's this underground, like, black market for the dinosaurs now. So she's against that. There's, like, new government agencies specifically have popped up to deal with this all. And then Owen's thing is that he basically is, like, a he's like a dinosaur rancher. A know. dinosaur cowboy. He's like a dinosaur cowboy, and they just kind of wrangle him. I don't know what they were trying to do. They were straight up wrangling dinosaurs on like, horseback. I don't know what, what did they do with them? You know, you know what I'm saying? I think when he did it, when he actually caught the one, like with a with a lasso and a rope. Right. Yeah, he said something along the lines of just taking it somewhere safe, I think. Okay. Or maybe just... They chip him or something, maybe? Something like that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but so, they're living in the woods, and we have Maisie from the last movie, who is the... She's the human clone, right? So she's she's carrying on, and they're like basically raising her like her parents, uh, but they're secluded because she also is, you know, wanted... Like, she's a known figure from this, and it kind of it gets revealed that she was a clone, and so now everyone kind of wants her, right? For her DNA. Yeah, well, there's either nefarious people, or even just, like, the government would want her, I guess, probably for the same reasons, but also just, you know, at least on paper to, to help her and keep her safe and all. But they kind of know that that would mean that she wouldn't have any kind of normal life. And obviously what they're, they're the big, one of the big kind of conflicts here interpersonally, right, is that she doesn't have a normal life as is, but... It's still something closer to that than it would be if she, like, had to live in a lab or something. Right, obviously. being tested all the time. And so that's the, well, that's half of the uh, sort of driving forces when we right? That's that's those characters' main motivation is that she obviously is kidnapped and they take um, Blue's daughter or son. I don't even know. I think it's a daughter, I right? It's a girl, I think so. Because it? it was identical, I guess they said. Right, because Blue is a girl. Yeah. yeah, so it's Blue's daughter, Beta. And she, they get her as well, and it, as it turns out, because they need their DNA. But then the other half of it is that we have the old cast, right? Obviously returned in this movie. And their thing is that Ellie Sattler is looking into this these prehistoric locusts that have returned as well. These giant, like... That are, like, toddler-sized. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Locusts that are, like, doing untold damage to crops because 
they're so huge and there's like the pesticides and all wouldn't even yeah, work the, on them. The big problem with that is the the uh the only crops that they weren't eating were the specific crops sold by Biosystem or what is it Biosign? Biosign. Biosign. So like if you had Biosign crops, they were, you know, created to not eat something that deters them from that crop yeah. and they were only eating all the natural other How stuff. they did it. Cuz it turns out basically they were engineered, right? To make people buy exactly stuff. So, but it turns it kind of gets out of hand and it's like, well, they can't they won't even be able to make the money because well, the, I guess they will down the line, but it, it's just it was there'd be no food first. <laughs> right. Like it basically, it was happening so quickly, and they were breeding so rapidly that it basically didn't even get people a chance to buy their their well, stuff. There was before. Also like a flaw in the genetical engineering of it, where they were supposed to die after like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. and they just exactly. weren't dying. Exactly. So their subplot is that Ellie Sattler gets Alan Grant, of course. You know, got to get the whole team back together because she's like, "Will you come help me?" And um, Jeff Goldblum there, what's he called? <laughs> I get him, but he is working for them, but he's kind of their man on the inside because. He's not really on board with it, right? Right. He realizes pretty quickly what's going on, and he's like, "Nah, I'm I'm gonna help you." Uh, Isn't he take the one that like invited them to come? Yeah, to... exactly. Yeah. Well, he's the one who tells her about it. Ah, like, uh, hey, right, right, right. Come look into this. Uh, he's Ian Malcolm. That's his name, of course. So he's there, right? And they're kind of separated for the first two thirds of this movie, right? Yeah, where the two the two plots are in half which i thought was actually kind of interesting um i thought that was a cool way to do it right showing the two different angles of it yeah like we've had a lot of different properties and movies and stuff in recent years which do some variation of this right which is like we're doing a reboot of a classic franchise or, or a continuation whatever you'd call it and we have the new cast and we have the old cast right and oftentimes like you know the old cast can kind of just be relegated to like the mentor roles, even in, you could argue that, like, the way they do it in the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is a little, you know, there maybe leaves some bit to be desired if you are big fans of the original characters. Um, and I think this one is really cool because I don't think it, I don't think it has that problem necessarily. Because I, they just both get basically half of the movie to, to do their, their own stuff. join forces at the end. Exactly. I think it was an interesting way to do it. It's like they're mostly separated in their plots because they just both have different goals. Obviously, again, they are all connected because it's all with Biosign and... And they just they meet, meet up, up the there end in the end? end? Yeah, exactly. So, do you, you want to talk about the cast a little, everyone? Sure. I mean, everyone's pretty good in this, right? Chris Pratt, phenomenal as usual. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Like, he's fun. He's kind of, you know, he's he's doing the Chris Pratt kind of character. He's doing the, the action-y. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got a kind of a stereotype at this point. But he's fun, and he's, you know, he's got the confidence to him. Like, And I do think something that these movies did do well is that, regardless of what you think about those characters, because I've seen, I've, that's... Some of the other stuff I've seen this week of like, who even cares about Claire? Who even cares about Owen? And it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I, I guess I'll say this. I said to you the other day, right? I think something cool about these is that this being the third movie in the new sort of rebooted franchise, right? At this point, like, that first movie came out in 2015. It's, it's been long enough where you and I, being younger people, right? At least me, I have nostalgia for those newer movies more so, right? Right. We don't have, I mean, as much as I enjoyed the first Jurassic Park. and, and I didn't see them until they came out, uh, 20 years after they came out. Of course, because we literally weren't even born yet, right? right? So that doesn't have the same kind of like nostalgic weight for us that, at least for me again, that these new ones do. So I'm actually like, this is cool seeing the con- the culmination of this right. new trilogy of films. And it so makes some people go back and watch the old ones for the first yeah. time. And I'm sure there's definitely people who don't care about Chris Pratt or in, in Claire and Owen or whatever because, yeah, they remember the first ones and they're like, I like the... But then again, they get those new ones in this too, or the old guys in this too anyway, so I don't know. 
I thought it was cool. And I think something they did do well is also just for these movies is that they're different characters, right? Like, it's not like Owen is just a carbon copy of Alan Grant and right. or Claire isn't just a carbon copy of, of Ellie, right? They're different characters. They didn't just try to do another Ian Malcolm philosopher guy, right? There's, you know, there's distinction there, which I think is cool because that that means when you have the movie like this where it's all like five of them together, you have actual different characterization going on, which is cool. Right. I just think it was cool how it's like, it was the same thing we talked about last week at Top Gun. They're, they're taking these characters from a movie that they're redoing from 30, 40 years ago and getting people to come watch the new movies. Because like, yeah. if I went to like a, the premiere of the original Jurassic World, there were like one, two, or three, and then I saw they were coming out with new ones in 2015, 25, however long years later, I probably wouldn't probably wouldn't go see it right away. But now that they're bringing the old cast back, I mean, like that would probably get me to come see the new movie. Yeah, so. certainly. Well, and that first Jurassic World movie did excellent, box right. office wise. It was like one of the biggest openings. Um, it might have been the it might have t- taken the record at that point. I think it was like beaten like literally a few months later because The Force Awakens also came out that year. But mm. yeah, it was clearly there was appetite for it and. I'm sure, yeah, people still have opinion, but like, I think that first Jurassic World movie is great. And like, here's the thing: we we've even said definitely on the show that the second one of these is not as good. It's probably it's probably among the worst of the Jurassic Park whole franchise. But it's like even that one, I think I have softened a little on because it is just kind of like, well, it's just a goofy dinosaur it's movie just about dinosaurs. And that one is definitely has more plot problems. And I would say it also does suffer a little more for being kind of boring. And that's why people were so sour on it. But I do think there is a problem with this franchise and I guess with pretty much a lot of these legacy franchises in general, right, is that there's a lot of expectations wrapped up in these because at this point, Jurassic Park is like such an iconic movie. It's considered like one of the best movies ever and all that, which while it is great and all, and obviously part of the, the you know, hype around that is that it was so new and like revolutionary for the time. I do think maybe it's grown past what it ever was to begin with, right? Because even then, even that one, at the time, it was also just like a cool dinosaur movie, right? Right. Like, yes, it had like the sense of wonder and stuff that I know people say aren't captured as much with the new ones, but it wasn't meant to be like an art house film, of course. Like, it <laughs> right. was still it's just dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. So, but so, um, yeah, I think I think Chris Pratt was good. Obviously, Bryce Dallas Howard's great. She's, you know, I would say they don't give her a ton to do, unfortunately, again, in this one, other than just being, like, scared a lot. They do kind of do that. Yeah. Like, a big part of this, her stuff in this movie is she's separated off from Owen and them, right? And then she's, like, having to deal with the dinosaurs on her own, and she's all spooked out by them, which is, you know, whatever. But she does it well, at least. She sells me on it. Yeah. Being I thought scared. she did good. Oh, gosh. I'll bring up her name. But we got the new, the new character in their plot line, right? The, um... The pilot lady? Yeah, exactly. The pilot, which she called. Um, Kayla is her name. Kayla Watts, I guess. Who's played by Dewanda Wise. She's good. Oh, the the little girl who plays Maisie Lockwood. Isabella Sermon is her name. She was great. She was very um, good. The other thing I thought was cool is that, you know, again, it, it did in some ways feel like a culmination of the franchise, right? Because we have those returning characters from the first three, obviously. But then also they brought in... Um, it's it's kind of just a very brief cameo, but in the beginning, right? Uh, Claire's team there has got uh, Zia, who was in the last movie, and the guy who is uh, Franklin, I think is his name, Justice Smith's character, who goes on to be in the CIA and like he's their man on the inside. Right. He's not in a ton, and like, but Justice Smith has become something of a bigger actor since that first or that second Jurassic World movie. He's he's in like detective pikachu so oh. you've seen that one so he's getting around which is cool so he's in it a little bit you know he's not in a whole a whole ton but 
It's just cool. The and then the other one is um Barry, who was in the first Jurassic World movie, but wasn't in the second one. They bring him back too. He's like their guy on the inside now for France or whatever. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I think even the um, let's check here. I want to say the reporter is a returning character too from the beginning of that movie. The one who does the news reports. Oh yeah, you said something when we were in the theater watching it. I can't find anything on that, so maybe I just made that up. (laughs) (laughs) But then, as far as the returning from the original movies, right? Obviously, um, Sam Neill as Alan Grant is great. Right. Laura Dern is back as Ellie Sattler. Always great. Always good. I saw the thing recently people were pointing on. I do think it's kind of funny is that um, she's like 23 in that first movie. And I feel like she has the impression of someone much older. Yeah, that's what I... I mean, I thinking back now, I definitely thought she was a lot older than And I feel like it's because... Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's, because, it's probably because a lot of people see it quite young. And there's that thing when you're a kid that like yeah. all adults are just like adults. Yeah. I don't really think of it like that. But it's just funny to think about huh. people pointing out. Because like, I don't know, she just... Maybe it's just the way like she looks. I don't know. She's always kind of because people. I have seen people kind of point out that she's really doesn't look much older now. Like she's aged very well. So she always just kind of had an air of like, yeah, I guess being an adult <laughs> about her. And she was like an authority. Like she because you get the sense like, oh, she's a doctor. She knows stuff. But like she would have had to just barely be a doctor or like be a doctor student or something. I don't right. even know. I mean, I'm looking at pictures right now, and I mean, I wouldn't. Even right now, if I saw that for the first time, I don't think I'd put money on her being 23. I know, right? Isn't that weird? But there you go. And because, uh, well, obviously, Alan Grant does not look 23. No. Well, he's definitely supposed to be older. Obviously, also, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Zena Malcolm. I thought he was great in this. Uh, he's probably the standout because he gets to be the funny one, right? He always does get the funny lines. He was he was very funny in this, right? I thought he was hilarious. Yeah. I really liked his stuff. He's just cracking wise all the time, which is good. He's very... um. With the with the whole thing of Owen promising to Blue and everything, and he's like, "I gotta get the dinosaur. I promised its mother." And he's like, "You you promised the dinosaur. You made a promise to a dinosaur." All those lines, and then when he does have it, he's like, "You, you just that's just a dinosaur you got there." He's like, "What's in your shoulder? Is that a dinosaur in your shoulder?" He's like, "Yeah. What about it?" He goes, "I oh I, I thought okay." At that one point when they're in the when Ellie and uh, Claire are in the server room and. He's like, it's, it's right ahead. Just keep going. Why, why are they skulking about? What, what's, <laughs> what's the problem? What's going on? Why you stop? Why you stop walking? Because it cuts to them and they're like tiptoeing around all the all the dead uh, locusts and everything, trying to not like or dead or sleeping or dead. They're trying to like wake them all up. And he's like, what, like, what is this? What, what there's like skulking? there's like seven buttons and they have to press right. And he's like, well, it's either four from the top or three from the bottom. <laughs> he's like he's like third one up. And they're like, what is it? Is it third from the bottom or third from the top? What do you mean? And he's like, well, you, you go down for it. And then I mean, it's the it's same the one. green one. It's which green. Which they're all green. It's the same one. <laughs> they're all green. And he's like, oh, I guess uh, we'll E11. And they're like, you could just give us the number for it. I think he's got some great stuff. In this I thought that scene was like hilarious. Um, I thought he was, I almost thought for a second they were going to kill him. Obviously, it did kind of seem like, movie, yeah, but it did kind of seem like for a second they were going to kill him off. There's a moment where he distracts the, uh. The Giganatosaurus there with with a flare, and I was like, "Is he gonna? Is he gonna do the sacrifice play here?" Yeah, they're all climbing up a ladder to like a a fortress, like a little t- uh, like air fortress thing that goes to the ground tunnels, and he uh he's just the only one left on the ground, and he just has like a stick that's little, or uh, he stabs a uh that's what he does. Yeah. He has a flaming uh locust, and he just puts it on a stick and starts running around with it, and then he throws it into its throat. Pretty, oh, that's right, uh, he throws it into it. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah, it's when pretty it's, badass. When it's roaring at him, yeah, pretty hardcore move for for Ian Malcolm there. But yeah, he's very good. Like I said, it you know those plots are interesting. I, a complaint that I was telling you about yesterday is that the locusts feature too heavily into the plot, and that basically w- one of the main plots of this movie is not about. It's not really about dinosaurs, it's right? Big locusts. The conflict is about the locusts in a lot of ways, which I don't really have a problem with. I don't know. 
at this point, how many variations on like the their dinosaurs can you do? Right. Right. I thought. Well, I mean, like, just because it's a locust. I mean, like, it had you know had to do with all the crops and stuff. Yeah, and it was I mean, like, prehistoric. I it, was, it was still about the genetic engineering. Right, I thought it all checked out of the of the movies, which is obviously what the science fiction like driving force of these movies all is anyway. So, and then we also had Henry Wu returning. He was the another the scientist. Yeah, yeah, he's a scientist. He was in. Um, I think it's only his third one, right? Because he was in the first one, and then he was in the first Jurassic World, and he was in this again, which is fun. Right. I don't. He might have been in the last movie. I don't remember, but he's cool, and he's starting to finally feel some guilt. That he is. Which is good because he's the one that actually engineered up those yeah. locusts. Well, and he also engineered, like, the the Indominus Rex in Jurassic World. Like, That's right. He's responsible for a lot of the, the sketchy stuff they did beyond, like, even just the initial part. Having being, dinosaurs with people. Yeah. And park with people. Exactly. Even beyond the initial, like, idea of it. He creates the bad things. And like, in Jurassic World in particular, he's, like, very unashamed about it. He's like, listen, we did what, okay, we gave people what they wanted to see, all right? I made some dinosaurs be be scary and bigger and what, whatever, man, huh? I don't care. I'll do what I want. Like, he's very it's unashamed. my job. Exactly. He's very unashamed about it in, in that movie. So, for him to kind of come full circle and be like, yeah, you know, I think we went a little too far. And We're now, some bad things when, when shit's hitting the fan and everything's crumbling down around them, he just comes out of the shadows and is like, don't leave me. Yeah. I can fix this. And then, and then he gets to. So, that's kind of good for him. He's got a bit that's of redemption. Right. Um, what else? So I think some of the I think the action's pretty cool in this a lot of it. So it just looked good, even though a lot of it is in in the confines of the preserve. There, right? There is a fair bit of dinosaurs in the real world, right? So they go to Spain, is it? Is that where they are? Was it Italy? I don't even know. <laughs> I'll bring it up here. But so they go to well, the preserve is in Italy, right? Is it is right? It yes. Out? And and so they. There's a stopover that they do that they're tracking them to in. It's Malta. That's where it is. Ah. Uh, which is its own country, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. So it's an island country. So they're in Malta, where um, they learn that's like, they say that's like one of the main hubs, hubs for dinosaur, yeah, for the dinosaur trafficking. Yeah. And so they go to like this underground dinosaur marketplace, which is kind of cool. And there's this, like the sort of, um, one of the secondary like antagonist villain guys, right? What's he called? The guy that originally took uh, Blue uh, Beta? Rain Delacourt is his name, yeah. So he's like the secondary, one of the secondary antagonists. He's the one who like directly kidnaps Blue and Blue or and Beta and Maisie. Maisie, yeah, Beta and Maisie. And so they get him, and then he gets eaten by dinosaurs because all the bad people in these movies get eaten by dinosaurs. Chris Pratt just let him out. He just. I think there's the scene with the Atrociraptors is really cool, um, where they're like doing a chase, and they're doing two separate chases. So Claire oh, yeah. and Kayla are running away, and then on a little goofy little truck. Yeah, and then Owen is on a motorcycle, and he's really like. He's doing some real, real slick maneuvers. Oh yeah, thing. yeah going down doing staircases fun. and oh, he's, he's, all kind of like oh yeah, quick hard right turns. But and I mean, stuff. that's kind of been his thing as motorcycles. Yeah, he's a big motorcycle so. guy, so I think it makes perfect sense. I didn't have any problems with it. I thought it was very fun. And then there's you know a bunch of them get out and they're like rampaging through the city and just fighting each other. Poor poor guy on a Segway just gets eaten. Oh yeah, he's on like an electric scooter <laughs> and he just he just looks up and then he just gets scooter just gets and the his entire body just gone i think a carnotaurus like yeah that's unfortunate but what are you gonna do yeah um and then um yeah i, I just think it's good and like yeah yeah obviously the action in the in the preserve is more standard of like we're in the jungle and there's dinosaurs or whatever a foresty kind of area and there's dinosaurs running around but i did think that stuff at least was neat. and yeah. i also liked even you know it's very kind of brief but in the prologue there's a lot of like just clips of like dinosaurs in the real world right like oh yeah at the end it was just like how all the dinosaurs have integrated it with just regular animals. Well, it's kind of in the beginning. It's before they're integrating, right? Right. You see, which, obviously, again, 
you could say it's kind of silly that it everything even works out on that level at the end. But in the beginning, it's like oh, there's it, well, the opening is is like this the Mesosaurus or whatever it is. It's like attacking like a a crabbing vessel and yeah, you just see it come up out of the ocean and just bite a crab pot and sink a whole crab in yeah, boat. And it sinks the boat it's and the then least catch stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like Rexy is like terrorizing a drive-in. You see again those those uh, pterodons nesting on the nesting on top of the World Trade Center or whatever it is. Yeah, like just stuff like that. And I do think that stuff's neat. Again, yeah. it's very brief, but I think it's cool and it's it does show a little bit of like creativity. Like how yeah. would they integrate? And again, obviously you could argue about how accurate it would be or not or whatever. But right. what was it at the end? It was triceratops or with elephants or was it the? Yeah, it was triceratops cool. with elephants in the and savannah. Then, I don't it know what like... it was like. Some smaller dinosaur bird just flying out of a field with a bunch of mallards. I was like, that's cool. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was a bunch of geese and just hanging out with like the pterodons or whatever they are. Yep. Just fun stuff like Some that. Some good ones, yeah. I think it was cool. Yeah, the, Oh, that, you had the blue whales with the... Uh, yes, the mesosaurus. Yes, that one was cool. That was cool. Very fun. And like I like the... Um, I don't think they were blue whales. Those were like humpbacks or something. Oh, it's some large whale. Because blue whales are actually bigger than the dinosaurs. Oh. Blue whales are like the biggest animals ever lived on Earth. You know right, I did know that. So, um, yeah, I just... I Again, even though it's brief and maybe the movie should have had... M- more of that actually in the content of it i still thought it was interesting to yeah. see and like you said like even that shot is cool it's like um i think it's intentionally like a lion king kind of homage right right with the sun rising in the background and then the, yeah it's just elephants hanging out with triceratops it's it's fun so i think it's cool whether yeah. again whether that's realistic or whatever or not uh but then we get kayla what did you think of kayla as a character she's a brand new character for this one i mean i liked her um, I didn't have any problems with her. She was kind of fun. Yeah, I think she was just cool. a fun character. She brings like a new, like, cool, I guess the same kind of style of Chris Pratt's character. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's uh, got that vibe. They both were, like, talking. They were both in the military. She was in the Air Force. That's how she started her, uh, well, she's a smuggler for dinosaurs. Exactly. That's her job. And uh, that's how they, where they met in Malta. And, you know, we're just hanging out. And do the, she's kind of a badass, so. Uh, second movie in a row where we got some questionable plane things happening. But yeah. <laughs> I was saying, and we talked about this when we did the trailer for Jurassic World, this movie here, but I do think it's weird that that, that um, dinosaur is able to, like, rip their plane apart. Because, absolutely rip apart some steel. Yeah, right? Because it's a... Because it's an old plane. It's made out of metal. And I'm never going to be able to pronounce this again, but it's like the Quetzalcoatlus or whatever it is. Um, and, like, yeah, it's like the largest... They say, it's, I think it's the largest flying animal that's ever lived on the planet. It's cool and all, and it's, it's a cool dinosaur to see. Again, there's a lot of other new dinosaurs in this which is fun but why it shouldn't be able to tear through a plane like that yeah it did it with like i mean five seconds and that th- <laughs> that plane was going down like both engines on fire it was just ripping holes in the hall and it's stuff just and weird because it just... it's like i guess it's just because of how dinosaurs are in movies and stuff and like pop culture wise but ultimately they are still animals right they're not like superhuman monsters they're super whatever like exactly it's essentially a really big bird right Exactly. And a bird wouldn't be able to, I don't know. But it's, again, you can't worry too much about that kind of stuff, I guess. But then Claire ejects, which that was a cool sequence. You've seen it all. Because there's only one parachute. Yeah. And, and the then other, they just crash They it. just crash but land on the, on the dam. I mean, they turn out to be fine. So maybe they should have just kept her with them and they wouldn't yeah. have to go search for her. <laughs> That's right. But clearly the worry was like, we but might not live. So They just had to have the scene where somebody was stuck in a tree with a parachute, though. Of course. That's had to have that. That's, that's Jurassic Park in a nutshell. That's a pretty classic move from, from some of those movies. So... Um, they have that sequence on the on the ice with the the new one. That's a pyroraptor. Yep, I think that one's kind of cool. It's a raptor, but it can fly and swim. Yeah, it's got like feathery, flappy thing. It doesn't. We don't see it like take flight, but I guess it can kind of like maybe it can kind of glide or something almost. I don't know. It's weird. So they do, or just help it run faster. 
once again, they kind of reference in this movie the idea that, like, the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park are not accurate. Which, again, they do in, like, Jurassic World. Henry Wu was like, listen, we did what we wanted to see. We did what people wanted to see. You know, we knew they weren't making them perfectly accurate, but that's not what it was about. Right. Um, and they, they definitely directly address that in this one of, like, Biosign is making new dinosaurs that are supposed to be perfectly accurate. And we see, like, we really, we really only see the one, right? Which is, like... A, a much smaller little dinosaur, right? It's covered in like feathers. It looks kind of just like a bird thing, and um, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I just to throw out there, like you know, to change in direction for yeah, sort of, like the attraction aspect of a dinosaur. Well, and it's cool because obviously, like in the real world, we have learned so much more since you know that first movie came out, right? right. Like in the first when Jurassic World came out, it wasn't necessarily intentional that they made them inaccurate, right? Um, although just, there is some of that, they were just right. Doing what they had like, at the time. Even at the time, they knew that, like, Velociraptors, for example, were not like that, right? right. Like, Way too big. When, when, um, Michael Crichton, um, when Michael Crichton wrote the book, even, he knew that Velociraptors were not like that. I think he actually based their, like, size and appearance on, um, I think they're called Utah Raptors, literally, which is, like, a, a, uh, a species, obviously, that was discovered in Utah, right? Which mm-hmm. is cool because that's where they are, um, where, uh, or is it Utah, Nevada? I don't know. The, the Southwest is where Alan Grant's digging still to be yeah. in this movie. So. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy because that's where you know they were doing it in the beginning of Jurassic Park even all those years ago. But I think that's still like a good treasure trove of dinosaurs for us mm-hmm. nowadays. But yeah, so he based off the Utah Raptor, which is actually like um, the largest kind of raptor that we know of. So I actually, this seems like it's a little bigger even than uh, than they are, you know, than the, the Velociraptors are. Oh, no, okay. You see that? So... I'm showing him a picture here. That's pretty accurate to what, like, the Velociraptors look like in um, this movie. It's a little bit bigger, but, like, then you see some of the other ones. The point is, in real life, we know that Velociraptors were, like, the size of, like, dogs. Right. Like, so if, you, if, you see, if, you, if you've seen the movie, Blue should be the size of Beta. Yeah, That is, like, grown. a full-grown size of a, a raptor, a Velociraptor. So even then, he knew that, but he said, I think his logic literally was just that Velociraptor is a cooler name. <laughs> Which you can't argue with. Well, also, it would kind of would have you know ruined everything if they made the raptors the size of small dogs. It's like instead of it being uh, taller than you, bigger than you, stronger than you, faster than you, it would just yeah. be like the size of a dog. You just kick it. Yeah, kind of. So again, it makes sense. He basically just said, "Well, I like the size of this one, but I like the name Velociraptor more." But right. I do like that they've addressed in the new in the in the Jurassic World trilogy here that like as we've learned more, they they kind of uh, address it in the movie of like, yeah, we know that wasn't accurate, but it's because of these reasons, which is which is cool. Because obviously, most of the the um, dinosaurs they do still have there were not uh, accurate, right? They were the ones that that InGen was making for specific reasons to be cool and to attract people, put on a good show. Yeah, exactly. So most of the dinosaurs they have in the park are that, right? Right. You're in the whatever the preserve, whatever we want to call it. Um, but so it's still cool to see like. The Atrociraptors again, the the Pyroraptors, and we haven't talked about it. Or we've mentioned it briefly, but the Giganotosaurus there. Yep. Right. The um the other one is the the other big one. I guess this one is the well, gosh, again, these names are so hard, man. <laughs> but the Therizinosaurus or whatever, the one with the big Freddy Krueger claws. Yeah, the big that Freddy one's really cool. It's yeah, that's a neat one. I'd never heard of that one before either. Uh, before this, so that's cool. The thing is, like, I always wonder is they kind of have to do. Uh, some more like logical, you know, uh, hoop jumping 
throughout these movies to explain how there's more and more dinosaurs. Every time? I think the idea is just that, like, in the first Jurassic World, they had developed a ton more species than they had in the original Jurassic Park, and we just don't see them all. So I think the idea is just we're meant to understand that. Because it's so, like, you know, the park's just starting up, and they're still working on some other stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. I think that's kind of the idea. So I think even though we've never seen the Giganatosaurus before, I think the idea is that they had that on Jurassic World, and then it got out probably. And the same with the Therizontosaurus and these other raptors and all that. Um, We just don't... Especially because, yeah, they don't make good attractions because the predators are so, like, big and scary. Like, in the first Jurassic World, right, the, the, uh, even the T-Rex, right, is not, like, out. The Velociraptors are not an attraction. They're not, right. like, out in the park like that. So, because they're very, like, well, I guess the raptors specifically, they're, like, stealthy predators, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you're gonna have an attraction, you won't be able to see them because they're, like, stealthy, like, hiding. And they, I think they even address it in the last movie and in this one. Blue is, like, the only Velociraptor left. Like, they only, at Jurassic World, they only had the four of them. Right. The three of which, obviously, die in, in Jurassic World. So, um, yeah, it's still cool to see. Again, it's, and, and there's also, they address that, like, in this one, that some of the dinosaurs have been brought over from, they have drawn from both of the uh, Parks. islands right. from, from the original trilogy there. So, Isla Nubar and Isla Sona, 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 I think it is, Isla Sona, Uh which is how I think they have, like, more T-Rexes at the end that we see. Right, because right? there's multiple. Because there's m- multiple T-Rexes on Isla Sorna there. Um, so, yeah. I guess one of the things I want to talk about as well, plot-wise, plot was the stuff with Maisie there. I feel like they did a bit of bit, a bit of um, retconning in regards to her character. Because the thing that we're told in the last one is, like, she was cloned because her grandfather, who was really her father or whatever, right? She, he cloned his daughter because he was, like, heartbroken by her dying, right? Right. But in this one, they seem to... They get into that. That's not really what happened at all. Um, Charlotte Lockwood herself cloned herself as a... to be her child? Just because just she wanted a kid? I guess because, she, yeah, she wanted a kid, and, like, it was also... Uh, I don't know. She was just, like, real into the, the science of it. Like, she was... Henry Wu says that she was the best of them, basically. She was right. the best scientist they had, and, like, she had all these... All these... Uh, she was just clear way ahead of them all when it came to the theories and all that and so she was able to do that and uh but she died from this like genetic um disease that she had that she didn't realize before she cloned Maisie but she was able to modify Maisie's DNA all of her DNA and just get rid of it yeah to cure her so and he's like I still don't know how to do that we don't know how she did it but if I can that's the big reason they wanted her and kidnapped her in the beginning of the movie because they figure out how they did that yeah they literally I guess now in the Jurassic Park universe they can just cure Anything. Anything. They can modify your DNA. It should have... That should actually have the far-reaching implications that they talked about in the beginning, right? Right. About dinosaurs being able to use their DNA to cure so-and-so, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess let's... That's kind of how it culminates, right? I mean, that's mostly the end. Is like, there's the big Giganotosaurus fight or whatever, but again, that's not really part of the movie. The thing about most of these movies, though, really, is that the dinosaurs are not the villains because they're just animals, right. you know? They're not... Like, they're antagonists sometimes, but it's not... It's usually the crooked head behind whatever exactly. signs. Exactly. Place. So in that one, or in this one, that is uh, the CEO of this biosign who is... What's his name? Let me get it. Lewis Dodson. Dod- Dod- Dodson? Who is actually um, in the books, maybe? At some point? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, he's in the film, too. I don't even remember this. This says he's in Jurassic Park. So there you go. Hmm. Um, oh, he's that. a different. He's a different actor, I guess. Oh, oh actually, I think maybe I, I. I think I've heard this actually. I, I guess... think in. I think in Jurassic Park, 
he is the guy who yeah he's this guy look at you ready he is the dude who was buying the smuggled the, out embryos the, from oh so that was the idea so that would explain how he got the shaving that's uh, why he has the shaving cream can yep. still is that yeah that was his whole thing so there you go i kind of forgot about that but yeah that um that's the idea there is that he well that's fun yeah, is that since the beginning he's been like kind of crooked and trying to trying to edge in on this this business and all, and so his thing is that like to the outward he's like, oh, I'm just a scientist trying to help people. I'm all about the I'm, I'm trying to better humanity and and doing good give a good life for these animals and we're gonna coexist and live in peace. But really he's just like that was just a cover. He's just a crooked billionaire type who just wants as much money he gets. Um, he's you know, it turns out he's quite unethical. Yep. And he's got this, again, he's got this front-facing, like, oh, I'm this awkward engineer type, and I'm, I got so many thoughts, and I can't even keep them straight and all. But then, like, in reality, he's this, like, ruthless businessman kind of guy, so. He might be on the spectrum. Yeah, a little bit. He's got that vibe. Or at least that's that's the vibe he tries to put out, for sure, right? Yes. It's like, oh, I'm I'm all scatterbrained, and you don't even need to worry about me. Ha-ha. <laughs> oh, big fan of yours. I get oh. so dedicated to my work, I can't concentrate. Like, that first scene that he's introduced, he's, like, not even be able to, like, finish his sentences before he's, he's just like, talking, and then he goes... You had a granola bar? Yeah, he just gets dragged off in a different uh, direction. And so his underling in this is uh what's his name? The the what does he say? The head of uh communications or whatever there. Is it Travis? Am I crazy? <laughs> Ramsey, that's his name. Uh yeah, was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where you got Travis from. No. Um idea. who is like ends up being their man on the inside as well, who helps and everything, which is cool. Which also is like his right hand man as well. Yeah, yeah. But he's like he actually has some some ethics, some morals. Right. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not gonna. What we're doing is wrong. Because at the end, when uh when he's leaving, he goes in there and he's like, oh, like I think next, I think next park, you know, because there's so much money to be made. I got, I got so many people who are willing to pay. You can be like, take a bigger role and step up and be like my, be like my real right hand guy. And then he's like, he just doesn't answer. He's just staring at him. And he's like, you, you, you did all this. You're the ones that let him <laughs> in. And he's like, yeah, you suck, bro. <laughs> this is awful. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not about it. And then they, they all get away. Um, yep. And then huge spoiler, he dies. Yeah. He, again, like everyone in these movies, the bad guys, they get their comeuppance. That's usually right. in the form of dinosaurs. Which and, in this um, case was the same one that kills all the bad guys for the most part. Well, it's the same well, one that got... the first movie. Yeah, it's the same one that got um the big... What's his name now? D- Nedry. <sighs> it's the same one that got Nedry yeah. in the first one. So, which is, yeah, it's fun. Maybe it's a little on the nose, but it's it's good. It, it, especially because he's got the can there with him still. And... He falls and trips, and his briefcase opens. You see it roll away, and that's and then the um the Dilophosaurus get him. They that's just right. uh they they get him the, those cover on acid, and then that he acid. Dies. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So, what, what we got? Anything else much to add? Basically, again, it's just kind of fun. I I understand complaints about like the plot being kind of I don't know overcomplicated and whatnot, but I I didn't mind. Like I said, I really did think it was interesting that. The new cast and the old cast both had like their own distinct plot lines going on for a while before they for the met. first hour and a half of the movie. It's oh, not I thought like, that was I thought, yeah. I thought the way they did it was very good and how they all kind of met up at the end and were like, "Hey, I I know you. I've read your book and oh yeah, I but it wasn't like was cool. it wasn't in the beginning, right? Right. Where it's not like he's like I I know who to call. Let's call on Alan Grant. Like that right. doesn't that wouldn't have made sense, right? That wouldn't have felt earned, right? Like the when they finally met, Owen was like, "Oh, you're Doctor Grant. I read your book." And he's like. Oh, you're you're Owen. I you're the Raptor trainer at uh, Jurassic World. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's just cool. It's good. Yeah, those good little connections and all. Yeah. I also think like you know Claire has a similar arc um, across all these movies. Yeah, I guess in the first one as well, but obviously it co- really comes full circle with this to Alan Grant in the in Jurassic Park, which is cool. Like again, 
they're definitely none of these characters are carbon carbon copies of one another but like there is similar beats like that right because in the first movie she has the same thing of like she's not being very attentive to her nephew she like doesn't really care about kids she's like oh gosh i don't know and then obviously by the end of that she's like she saved them and she's like putting her life on the line and in this right. one she's fully comes of like you know she they are you know in in reality in every way that matters right they are Maisie's parents right and like she is this devoted mother and she's like does everything she can in this movie to save her daughter which is cool and i guess we should we just talk about that like everyone gets their happy ending basically that's um, right i don't know ian malcolm probably just goes home and with all his many kids or whatever like four or five kids or whatever he's got like five kids he's probably got a bunch of grandkids by now um ellie and Alan end up together in the end. Conveniently, she's been divorced, so fighting the big corporation of dinosaurs and oh, that's and right, like that. that's right. Of course, they uh, they're testifying before Congress. They're gonna like they're gonna get them all shut down. That's right, which is fun. They have proof that uh, biosystems or uh, biosign was biosign was the one behind the, one behind the locusts. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Claire and Owen just get to go home again with their with their daughter. I she guess goes back to being a dinosaur cowboy. No one really uh takes note of it maybe you know i'm i assume probably you're meant to kind of think like okay now going forward they'll be a little more open you well, know? right because yeah in the, the beginning of the movie they wouldn't even let uh Maisie like leave like their property yeah up in the hills so yeah everyone kind of gets a nice happy ending i think it was like kind of an interesting culmination again maybe they could have done a little more in this movie of like the coexistence there but yeah that they, they we get the end montage then where it's like right yeah, the dinosaurs are just living among us. They're just going to be part of the world going forward, which is is interesting. I mean, it's a fun, yeah, fun thing. I do still think it'd be cool to like see a movie where that is more the case, where we really see more so like the dinosaurs are just everywhere because they're just part of the world now. But I also understand that, like again, like we said, the dinosaurs in and of themselves aren't a plot necessarily. Right. You still have to have human characters driving like the actual events and like right. why are we going place? What are we? What are we doing here? Right beyond just like. Dinosaurs are there, and that's cool. But you do still need what's the big conflict you involving need conflict. dinosaurs? Exactly. So, oh, the the last thing I wanted to mention. This is what I was referencing in the beginning of uh, with our intro here this week, right? Is that Colin Trevorrow, the director of this? He's directed all three of the Jurassic World movies, which again I think for the most part are fine. People are pretty critical of it. I've seen a lot of people who really seem to have problems with this one. But then also, um, we were just talking about it here. I noticed on Rotten Tomatoes, which we say every week is not the end all be all, right? But um, it's got like a thirty, which is really low. But then it's got an eighty-four percent on um, Google, and the Rotten Tomatoes thirty percent is the, I believe it's the, that's the critic score, right? And then the audience score is seventy-nine. <laughs> so hmm. this is one of those movies where, like, yes, it's not a critical acclaimed, you know, piece, right? They're being too critical about a dinosaur movie. But as far, yeah. Because we would definitely be in that audience score who is positive on it. It was just 100%. fun. It was just fun. It was a fine movie. I think yep. 80% makes sense that most people just enjoyed it for what it is. It's just a popcorn kind of flick, which I don't really have a problem with. And I think more people, again, I think at some point Jurassic World is like every franchise where it just gets too big and people expect too much of it. And there's just so many expectations, everything. But like reality, it's just, it's not that deep, <laughs> I guess. It's just not that Yeah. Um, but so the thing I was saying is that Colin Trevorrow said like weeks, months ago, even while during the press for this movie, um, that the, the Giganatosaurus was going to be a big part of this movie. Right. And that, um, he insinuates that it's going to be like a much more of a villain. It's going to be an actual character in this movie, which again, we've been saying kind of goes against like what the dinosaurs usually do in the movies, which is to say, not that much. Like, they're just acting on in, impulse. They're just, they're instincts. They're just instincts, right? He said that 
um, a couple months back that the Giganatosaurus in this movie would be like the Joker <laughs> from the ba- from Batman, right? Now that is that's something, isn't it? He said that um, I wanted something that felt like the Joker. Trevorrow said in exclusive with Empire, going behind the scenes of Dominion, it just wants to watch the world burn. Which I mean, like out of two hours and seven minutes or whatever this movie was, he's got like. 10 minutes of screen time? I think, that's, I think that's generous. I think it's much closer to five. Yeah, so... Which is what people have been saying 100% right. He's barely in this movie. And he also, doesn't do wanting anything. to see the world burn as and just trying to eat them a couple times? He's I mean, just a dinosaur. He doesn't want anything, it seems like. He's not motivated to kill anything. Like, he's just there. And then he dies. And then he dies. It's very weird, isn't it? Isn't that a silly thing for him to Maybe have Maybe he should have said, like, um, who would have been better? The thing is, like, all the dinosaurs are just chaotic, right? None of them have, like... And, yeah, they're just dinosaurs there to eat shit. Just, yeah. Like, like, yes, he doesn't care about any... He, oh, he wants to just chaos, and he wants to watch the... No, he's just a dinosaur who wants to he's eat, just looking really. For food. Really, he doesn't want... Again, he doesn't want anything. So, um, we made fun of that, I think. Or at least me and Jack talked about it at some point. I don't know if we mentioned it on the show or just off pod, but we did think that was pretty goofy. And it turns out we were 100% correct, because... Uh, it's not like the Joker. It's not just at a all. Dinosaur. So I th- I do think that's silly. Regardless of what else you think about the movie, um, that comment is definitely goofy and unnecessary. Uh, but yeah, um, I think it's, I think about Rasso something, right? Yep. So let's act attack out of this into um, let's do Miss Marvel. So Miss Marvel started this week. The premiere kind of snuck up on me. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't realize it was coming so soon. We got so many things overlapping here. Yeah. Uh, I would have kind of thought, especially because we know now that. Andor is got a bit of a we got quite a bit of a gap after Kenobi for Andor. You almost think they would have slotted this in between them more so instead of overlap. Ah, but whatever. Point is, um, the show started. We got the first episode. The first episode's called Generation Y. So, um, we just kind of this is kind of your your origin, right? More or less, for lack of a better word, right? She doesn't, you know, obviously she's not an established character. This whole season is going to be introducing us to her and like showing how she got to where she was, which. Makes sense. Right, um, of course. You know, she's... I do think that, like, there's characters nowadays where Marvel seems more inclined to just kind of, like, drop you in and, like, show you what, what's going on. Um, They're just, you know, they start out as whoever. Yeah, as kind of an established out, character. Yeah. But it does but make sense for it's her. It's like the... Way. Getting to the, the point yeah. where she becomes a superhero, so... So we talked about it when we saw the trailers, that this show did seem like it's going to have a very unique um, sort of, like, tone, right? A unique sort of sort of vibe for a Marvel thing. Um, which is just that it seemed really going to be focused on like her being a high schooler as much as it was going to focus on her being a superhero. Right. Right. And we definitely get that in this first episode again, because she doesn't really show any kind of powers until uh, pretty last, much towards the end. Last right? 10 minutes. So we got Kamala. We got her whole, her whole background. She's a, she's 16. She's a, what is she? A sophomore in high school. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Doing all the classic high schooler stuff, isn't she? Yep. Failing her driving test, her her counselor's like, Kamala, you got to think about college. Come on, you got to go to college. Be groomed to go to college. Exactly. She's got, you know, she's dealing with the classic stuff of like... High school. Of high school, which is fine, you know? And me and Jack talked about it when we saw the trailer. It was like, you know, there's definitely something of like, this isn't necessarily going to be specifically marketed towards us or even, you know, you fall in the same... The same demographic there as me and Jack, where it's like, I'm sure this is going to hit more like specifically with um with like teenage girls necessarily than anyone else right right um but i mean we're not so far away from the days of our our youth are we no 
So, I, yeah, yeah, I definitely sympathize with this. Like, the idea of going to what what growing up as a teenager is like in the in the current the current year you right know, with with technology and and social media being the way it is and all that so there's definitely some definitely relatable even to us even us old old timers here <laughs> <laughs> so she's got um her parents and like they're they're kind of classically overbearing well her mother in particular i suppose yes. right um they're they're kind of traditional right they're pakistani immigrants so there's that from did it say what part of the city they're from? It was one of the boroughs, I assume, right? They weren't from. They're the... in Jersey City. Ah, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, I live in New Jersey. Ew. Um, she's got her brother who's being married and all that. I feel like that's gonna be a a plot point at some yeah. point later on. Which is weird because he still lives at the house, but he's getting married. I think it's like a. I think it's like an arranged marriage, oh, like they talk about. So I think maybe that might point. come into like question. He might be like, you know what? Maybe this isn't what I want to do. I don't know. That's just. Pure speculation on my part, but hmm. I feel like they're gonna maybe do some of that of like challenging the the status quo of their right. whole their whole family dynamic there. But um, and the big conflict this first episode, which is I think it is like a it's a very complete little story for just the first episode, which is nice in a pilot. I thought it was very good the first episode. Is that she wants to go to Avengers Con, which the is first a, one ever, first ever convention for Avengers fans, which is very fun to see in in the actual like superhero universe. They still have stuff like this, right? And I really liked seeing it there when they when they do go over there and there's kind of the montage of showing it all off. It was like that that felt like what conventions look like, right? Yeah, bunch of different merch and and memeable t-shirts and stickers and all all kind everybody of everybody all dressed garbage. up and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's in their cosplays and all. It was very cool. Um, but they basically they won't let her go. They don't, they don't want to too go. young. Yeah, because it's she, not part of their ideals, things like that. Yeah, they think, yeah, they, they clearly have it in their head that it's going to be like this this debaucherous party and she's like, no, it's just a convention. Well, right, like yeah, they, her, the mother keeps calling it a party. You're like, oh, and then the party. Mother was like, and... oh, well, I don't know, you don't have to be one of those girls who goes there in all those skimpy outfits yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. And... and it's like, it's just, no, it's a, it's a thing. And I do think it probably, it is weird that it starts at like seven at night or whatever it was, right? That is weird. So they they weren't doing themselves in favor. No, they I were guess not. that's why they had that impression. I could see somewhat where they were coming from because you're like, why does this start so late and everything? This is a this is a nighttime uh, extravaganza like here. Start it's like 10 a.m. kind of thing goes all day. Yeah, that's what you would think for most conventions, but whatever. And her and her best friend, uh, what's his name? Bruno. Bruno, excellent. Thank you. Uh, so they they sneak out. They pull a classic teenage plan that doesn't actually go well jumps out her window <laughs> the branch yeah, breaks right off right. her bike gets left behind and, yep. and surely stolen everything is going wrong but her little her other thing is that she wants to win the, the, the captain marvel cosplay contest because captain marvel is her favorite character yep and she the whole time is looking for the special the special uh, it's like a cultural aspect for like your own personal yeah, yeah, touch yeah. well he's like you need you need something to distinguish you right some something personal that like is make you stand out kind right. of thing and so she gets this bangle in a box from her grandma that gets sent and she's like what's this mom and her mom's like that's nothing don't look at that it's trash which is a little sus the attic it goes a little sus it feels like maybe her mom knows what it is um but so she gets it out of the out of the attic there anyways and puts it on at the show and um it shoots out a bunch of energy constructs that's inadvertently right. when she's at the thing and at first everyone's just like oh my god it's so cool oh that's so what cool a, what How a great you, effect that's... This is the Where's it coming ever? from? Yeah, but then it actually she starts like knocking stuff over and there's like a, a full size of like the an Ant Man statue in the movies when he goes like huge and it knocks his head off and then it starts just rolling. causing havoc. I, when I was watching, it, I was like, 
every time I cut to a different angle, I was like, Yo, how far is this thing going to keep rolling? Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what is going on here? It was a bit, like, comical at yeah. points. And then, like, the, the her classmate there, who she's kind of, like, jealous of or whatever. She's a pretty girl. She gets, like, she's, like, swinging around on a banner or whatever it is, and then Kamala yeah. catches her and that was, it was her. It was uh, Thor's hammer. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was, like, swinging back and forth, and she gets, like, stuck on it, and then, she, and then she's, she's, like, falling. falling, and then she catches her with her energy tanned. Yeah, and then, um... And then they, they, they dip out of there. They left yeah. the gloves behind. They dip. They do leave the gloves behind. His his fancy light gloves. Bruno made him made her uh, some cool light up gloves, and uh, she left him in the bathroom. She did. And then yeah, they get home, and it, her mom's like, oh, "I got gotcha. you. You're caught. You're caught, bitch. Where have you been? <laughs> got him. Gotcha, red handed." And she's like, you, "No more of this nonsense. Focus on the school and grades whatever. and family." Yeah. So, and then uh, there's did you did you stick around for the mid credit scene? Oh, where she's laying in the bed. No, it's after that. Oh, probably not then. Yeah, I it was kind of surprising because they don't. Yeah, I don't know. First episode mid credit scenes a bit bit stand out. Um, it's basically it's nothing in particular. It's just they're in the par- Department of Damage Control, um, which we we've seen in a couple properties up till this point in the MCU. And one of the agents is just like, "Hey, do you see this video?" And they show the basically someone's video of of the because everybody was taking pictures, yeah. and recording it. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, no, that's." Because he's like, oh, oh, just a cosplay, like an accurate cosplay. People got freaked out. And then he shows, she shows him the video. And he's like, oh, no, that's that's something to that. All right, bring her in. And that's that's where it ends. So it seems like there's not necessarily a major villain for this this movie. Or rather, sorry, this, this series. It seems like part of it is going to be just that she's kind of on the run from the authorities. That's right. And that she's got to come to terms with all that. So, yeah, uh, overall, this is good. I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was really good. I liked it. Going into it, I was like... Oh God! I don't want to watch this because the video game. What's the name of the yes. video game? It's just called Marvel's Avengers. The game, game that came out like two, it was like three years ago. Three now. years ago, and I was like playing it, and I was like, "Wow, this this is stupid. I don't want to play as this chick. She sucks. Let me play yeah. as Captain America." Or Thor. I do not think they treat Ms. Marvel very well in that game, in, and uh, which is uh, yeah, unfortunate because she's the quote unquote main character of that game, and it's right. Yeah, they make her a bit annoying. And it's not even that she's annoying as much as also, like you said. I just want to play as other characters. You just want to play as the Avengers when you're playing the Avengers game. And all the time, in the, if you play the campaign of that, it forces you to play as her. And it's like, it's almost nothing against her even as a character. As much as it's just like, I don't want to like, play her. It's like you see like Iron Man and Thor and all them, and then you're like, well, I, I just can't play them. So yeah, I, I agree with that. We, we definitely soured a bit on her because of that. But yeah, I also had the same reaction. I was I was kind of pleasantly surprised by this. I guess I shouldn't have been because it's a Marvel thing, right? It was going to be fine. We were going to probably like it. but Oh, of course. Like I started watching it a couple days ago and I got like 10 minutes through and I was like, God, I don't want to watch this anymore. And then I watched it like an hour before we started this. So, But I, I'm glad I ended up watching it because yeah. I thought it was good. And I'm probably going to watch the rest of it. Yeah, I was like, this really wasn't. You know, like I said, it's definitely not for necessarily us, like y- young adult men. And we we said when we watched the trailer, like, I think that's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining. Like, I th- think it's great when universes like these do that, right? You know, obviously spread your wings and, and share the love as far as the representation. All that's that stuff. right. I think it's great. But I do just think, um, you know, it, I was kind of expecting maybe that it wouldn't appeal as much to me. But yeah, I think it was fine. I was yeah. definitely surprised by it. Um, I mean, she's she and she is quite like the like popular like overnight success character, right? Because Miss Marvel is like a very recent character that's been created. Like she was created in the past like five, six years or so, seven. Yeah, whatever. Like within the the past decade, 
they wrote her. Like, since the MCU started, they created her as a character. And so, you know, it's cool that she's caught on so quickly. And she is a lot of people's favorite, like, new character and, and stuff. So, it's cool that yeah, I mean, she, that makes sense. she already has a show and everything. So. Yeah. Um, let's, I think that's it, though, then, right? Yeah. All right, let's act attack into uh, the final big topic for this week, which is uh, Kenobi Episode 4. This is a great one, man. Very good episode. I'm loving this show. All the haters can can go die. That's I, right. I'll say, you know what, I'll just say it. Go away. They're finally getting that good Obi-Wan Kenobi action they've been And they still about. aren't happy, are they, Colin? You would think. No, they are not. You would think you'd say, oh, gosh, this is just, this is a nice action packed one. You got Obi-Wan Kenobi slaying stormtroopers. He's swinging his lightsaber around. He's slaying stormtroopers left good enough. and right. It's never good enough for Star Wars fans. I bet all the whiny nerds online will be happy this week. Oh, wrong. wrong. You'd be wrong. They're, they suck. <laughs> They're all the worst. Um, so this episode opens up with Homie is, uh, he's in a bad way from the last week, right? He's all burnt. It's like, the, it's like, you know, his point of view of him, like, dazing in and out of consciousness. Yeah. They, going, they, leaving, getting picked up from the burning when Darth Vader burned him, and then he wakes, he's having, like, nightmares in the back to tank, and it's just... They get him to Jibim, they get him in a back to tank, and yep. he, yeah, he's having nightmares about Anakin and Leon and Anakin Life. in the past and Anakin now, and what's, what's happened, what's befallen him and yep. all this. It's his fault. Gosh, I was really hoping we would get the Boba Fett style back to tank oh. flashbacks. I thought for sure when it, when they put him in the back to tank this week, I was like, "This is it. We're gonna see those Clone Wars flashbacks I've been waiting for." But wrong. No, we didn't get any. Unfortunately, man, it's, it's getting close. memories. There's only two weeks left. Yep. They have to come on, come on, right? There's gotta be a. a there's gotta be. There's gotta be a Hayden flashback of him as actual Anakin. No, I hope so. Are we crazy? Why else would they bring him on? Otherwise, what's he been doing? I mean, again, why are they paying him all this money then? Again, no offense, love the guy and all, but what has he really done? We just see him a couple times in the back to tank, and then I guess he's in the suit running around, and that's cool and all, but he's not even speaking. But it's like, for all we know, it in the back to tank, they could have put anybody in there. That's what I'm they saying. They could have put me in there, and they wouldn't be able really? to tell. Really, with all the prosthetics, and he's like, got a bunch of gray makeup on, and he's all veiny and stuff. And he's got the breathing mask on, and everything. You can barely see him anyway. The only. It was what was it episode two or three where they show him just on it the was episode field. three yeah and where like Obi Wan has like a hallucination vision or whatever as as he was there's some real I hope Anakin so too content. I'm not gonna it's not a, that's not obviously an actual bark against it or anything right but I was hoping for the for the flashbacks but so he wakes up he's like we gotta go get Leia so they're on Jabim which is that the sort of the path uh, headquarters main main hub of it or whatever. Um, and we're introduced to uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character, who a lot of people after last week were like, oh, I bet he's going to be Quinlan Voss. And I was like, I don't think he's going to be Quinlan mm. Voss. My thing more than anything was that I don't know if he's, he's not quite old enough to be, he is like, kind of young, to be Ewan McGregor's contemporary, right? Right. Because him and, hey, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and, and Quinlan came up together and were like the same age, you know, they were like childhood friends and all. So it wouldn't, would not make sense for them to be. Does not add up. Yeah, but so I wasn't really expecting that. But we introduced who he actually is. His name is I got it here, um, Roken, um, and he's just at the path there hanging out, right? And we get his backstory, which is like his wife was force sensitive, and the Inquisitors got her. And they got her, and that's why he he does what he does. That's why he's fighting the fight again. Which again, what does Obi Wan say that like kind of triggers him? Oh, he's like, he's like, please, you have to help me. <laughs> you have no idea what the Inquisitors are, or what the Empire is capable of. And he's like, no. I do. <laughs> and I was like, I knew when he said that. I was like, <laughs> Obi-Wan. Think of, come on. Think about your, realize your audience here, right? Mm. You're in a, you're in like a rebel facility where they fight against the Empire. Well, and they helping, hate the Inquisitors of the Empire. And they're trying to help save children and everything. And you're going to be like, 
They're risking their own lives to save four sensitive children. You don't know what the empire's like. Like, bro, you don't know what the empire's like. You've been living on Tatooine for 10 10 years. years. Come on, get out of here. Living in a cave, being a butcher. You goof. And, you know, he brings up a good point, which is, like, he's like, I need your help. And he's like, listen, Obi-Wan, every every kid from here to Coruscant that is Force-sensitive is going to need our help. That's what we're doing here. Like, how much resource do you expect us to devote just to you? But then, obviously, it's like, well, the thing is, Leia knows, so they could get it out of her. So we got to save Leia so they don't discover us, which... right. Kind of valid, <laughs> pretty pretty big point. Pretty valid. So they are like, all right, well, well what what limited resources they have, they launch to to infiltrating the the fortress Inquisitoris, which great. We we obviously have seen it a couple times already, but we get a much more complete kind of view of it. It's pretty cool. It's very cool. It's so, like Darth Vader's castle on the water. Yeah, it's great. So, um, what's her name there? Uh, is it infiltrates right? Her imperial cover is still good. It's still good for the time being. So you know they're kind of catching on. Yeah, that's they're a little sus on. They're like, hey, she... the planet that we found the path on. How come? How come Kenobi was just able to get through a checkpoint on your planet? What was that about? What you... What's going on? Tala is her name. Indira yes. Varma is Tala yep. again. So Tala, yeah, they're kind of sus on her, but she's just like, hey, I'm I'm angry she's Imperial a lady. Solid <laughs> acting. She does the classic Imperial thing of just like, oh, do you know who you're talking to? Do not to question my integrity. And they're just like, all right, all right. Like, sorry. Oh shit! It's like, sorry, sorry sir. <laughs> when she's like going to the checkpoint, they're like, "This isn't your sector," and she's like, "And who are you?" Shut up, idiot! I'm a higher rank than you. They're like, "It's sir to you," because <laughs> this guy's just calling her like, "Lick my boots." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "It's sir to you," and he's like, "Yes, sir." Yes, sir. Sorry, sorry. So she, she, uh, yeah, she gets her way on through, mm-hmm. uh, and she opens a, a thing for Obi Wan to get on in, which like is an cool underwater scene. sea hatch. She's underwater. Mm-hmm. He's got one around. of those cool. Nazi magic Jedi mouth breather thing. <laughs> that's, that's right. One of their ma- one of their space magic uh, respirators, whatever they call them. And uh, he gets in. And I think it's cool. He's got a good look this episode. It does. It's like a new, another Real new quick. outfit. New outfit change. Yeah. After we're done recording this, look up. Have you ever watched the videos of people who actually made those? No. With uh, old like airsoft CO2 canisters? I have seen like. And they have enough air for like. try. I've, I've seen one that actually worked. They had like a couple minutes of air. Really? It was like four canisters. Yeah, they had like several minutes of air. I think I've seen the... Um, it was kind of cool. I want to say I've seen the Hacksmith make something like that. You know him? Uh, I do not. They're basically a YouTube channel where they just do stuff like that. They just make like pop culture gadgets and, and weapons and, and stuff, but like real life. Yeah. Like it's they sweet. did like a Thor's hammer. They did this Thor hammer that had like a magnets in it so that it was like it would magnetically, you know, to like the ground, right? And you could not lift it. That's pretty sweet. Because it literally was impossible. But... They, they had this mechanism in it where, like, if you wore a ring, if you wore a ring and you grabbed it in the right spot, right, mm-hmm. it would, like, complete the circuit or whatever it was to turn. I don't remember the exact. That's cool, though. But it would turn off the magnets so then you could pick it up. And so they'd have dudes, like, really, like, you know, putting their full weight and they couldn't move it, right? And then he would just walk over and be like, see, you're not worthy. So yeah. Just stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, those are cool. I They do seem like they should be fake, right? That tiny You'd little think. of a respirator that you can breathe in, but I, I looked it up on YouTube again, and I guess it was supposed to copy um, James Bond. Right? James Bond. Yeah, they have one there too. I mean, it's pretty much the same concept. Yeah, they're, they're neat. So he gets on in. Like I said, he's wearing a new outfit. It seems the third third outfit change for our boy. He's he's styling. He's got more classic. He is dripping. He's not drowning. It's more of his classic uh, Jedi robes again, almost. That's right. Like it makes me wonder where they got him, but. It's almost like a grayish kind of brownish tint to them. Going away from the tan. Which is cool, yeah. Give him some new outfits. I mean, I do really like his, his the blue that he wears in the beginning. And then this one he's got. Again, they're more like the traditional Jedi robes. I don't know where um I don't know where he got those. But 
He's looking cool. He's got his lightsaber. He's got that piece on him, though. He, sta- he does. He's still staying strapped, of course. And uh, they, they're infiltrating the, the fortress there. So all the while, the third sister is, like, torturing Leia. Right. Which is rough. You hate to see it. Well, she was about to start torturing her. It was more of like an interrogation. Okay, she's interrogating right. She's interrogating her first, and she's trying to get out of her. They and were about to start actual torture, and then Tala was like, or Obi-Wan was like, Tala, like, I need a distraction now. Like, yeah. I hear Leia screaming. So Leia's good. I Again, she's doing a good job, man. I like her whole, like, my father's a senator. Leave me, let me out of here. You can't do this. Which is classic. Um, It's kind of, it's just a lot of callbacks, I feel like. Or not even necessarily direct callbacks, but... Again, it's to me, it's so clear the same character from the original, right? Right. You know, when she's like, oh, this is a diplomatic vessel. You have no right. And he's like, oh, princess, shut up. I know what you're doing here. It's the same kind of thing, right? My father's a senator. Like, let me go, right? Um, in, in you know, in A New Hope, when they're like, Leia, where's the rebel base? And she, like, won't give in, right? The same kind of thing. She's like, oh, right. tell us where the path is. And she's like, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you. And um, she goes to do the, the force pull your memories out thing. <laughs> And it doesn't work on Leia because she's presumably because she's strong in the Force. She, Reva's doing the trying to read your mind thing, and Leia's like, "What you doing? We having a this is a staring contest. Oh yeah, this is just, <laughs> we having a staring contest. It's just fun. I do like the little. It was kind of like with Kylo Ren, right? It's like, who, who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. It's, I like the the moments of levity in Star Wars are always I great. That was good. Yeah, I'm sure people are like, "Why is it being funny? She's supposed to be the dark so you serious. Want to, but that's good." I, I kind of made me wonder. They didn't. They didn't like address it. But I thought Reva was going to be like, "Oh, you've got you're force sensitive. You got the force. You're strong." But she just said, "Yeah, she said she's like strong, but she doesn't mention her. She doesn't seem to mention her having the force or anything. So I guess she hasn't caught on yet. Because we talked about that. Like, you kind of can't, right? She's got to. She's got to have to stay re- anonymous after this series. So right, Darth Vader, the Inquisitor, they can't really learn that she's force sensitive. Otherwise, it it, it would it wouldn't really line up with the the movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they and then he gets to the yeah they're about to hook her up to like one of the chairs that gets you. Oh, I guess before that, um, Obi Wan finds this like this like tomb of right, all these of all... Jedi. Yep. It seems. Well, a lot of Jedi. It's not clear. Like so, most of them I don't really recognize. I don't think I recognize a single one. Yeah, but it's... like beforehand they were like, oh yeah, this is like the Inquisitor's base. Uh, they're like, oh, how deep does it go? Like all the way to the ocean floor? And they're like, we have no idea. We have no idea what's going on there. Blah blah blah. And then he walks into this room and he's like. I know what's going on down here. It's a big tomb. Yeah, it's it's pretty grim, isn't it? Yep. And at first you're almost like, are they are they like preserved in there? Are they like I don't even know. Because like they didn't have any like you know gunshot or you know blaster wounds. Or yeah. So lightsaber gashes. So. I would assume they're mostly dead. This is the only one I recognize. This is the very first one. Um, is I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Terra Sinube, who is from. He's an episode of the Clone Wars. He's this guy. Um, there's an episode of the Clone Wars where Ahsoka loses her lightsaber. And this guy helps her get it back, but he's all like slow and old because he's like real, real old. Oh. But he's, I mean, it's basically an episode where it's kind of like, um, you know, it's like a slow and steady wins the race kind of thing. Right. Ahsoka's rushing around this whole episode trying to get it, and he's like, be a little more patient, be a little more slow and methodical about it. Maybe that's the approach. And of course, he's, you know, he's right at the end. And Ahsoka's like, ah, I learned my lesson. You know, classic one of those. Right. Uh, but it, it seemed to be him. I mean, I'm, I'd be very surprised if it was anyone else, right? Like a different right. Jedi of that species, so that seems to be him, which is kind of grim because he was cool. But I mean, he was old, so yeah, he was old, man. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, most yeah. of them get caught. That's most just the reality caught. about it. It's unfortunate. There's uh, probably the more grim one than that, though. Was the was the youngling? Yeah, there was a youngling frozen in that yellow goo. Yeah, that was pretty. There rough. was a child. Pretty rough. Um, but yeah, I don't think most of them were like established characters, which kind of makes sense for a second. 
there's a, someone you can see who almost seems to have like darker, like longer hair that almost seems to be like dreadlocks or something. Mm-hmm. I thought I was worried for a second it was going to be Quinlan in there. I oh. would have been very upset, but that they didn't. Been... They didn't show anyone that looked like that, and they, he didn't give any reaction, right? Like that. So, but yeah, that's that's pretty dark, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, but they're just keeping them. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. That don't is a bit weird. I don't care for it, man. Neither do I. Um. Yeah. And, and like again, I guess it's just for his like general kind of growth, right? Like waking him up a bit. Like, listen, this is this type of stuff going on. Like. Stuff's rough out here. You, you know, you do have to help, kind of thing. I guess it's your duty. It's your duty. Like this is this is the kind of shit that's going on, and he needs to confront that so he can be like, yeah, I, so he can really like understand the weight of his his decision to not act, and like he can really appreciate what it is he has to do and what he is going to have to train Luke to stop and all. So right, but yeah, this uh, man, it's dark stuff again, especially because there's like the the younglings and everything, man. It's it's tough. It so, is dark. And I guess it makes sense that, like, you know, they, uh, we know now, like, they don't, what they do with the Jedi, who they get, who they don't turn to be Inquisitors, basically, right? Right. Is that they keep them in this for some reason. Um, but then, yeah, so then he gets Leia because the distraction works right before they're about to start torturing her and he gets her out. And there's some, there's just some cool action in that of him in yep, these, him these hallway fights. Killing stormtroopers. Batting away lightsaber shots. I like that he's a little bit rusty, right? Yeah. He's clearly not as fluid as He's like deflecting he shots and they're like going wide and stuff. And he's missing a couple. He's yeah. clearly not as fluid as he once was. Again, right. just because he's out of practice. And he's, like, old, he's, he's getting older. He's getting older, so. I like he, that cool scene in the, the tunnel with the water. Yeah, yeah. I like. How he deflects a shot into the glass and then he's like holding millions of gallons of water back uh-huh. and then as soon as the the stormtroopers and there's like one like commando or something or whatever he he's is. one of those um purge troopers they're called ah. they're like specifically for the inquisitors to hunt jedi with and then they finally get in and he lets all the water go in front of them and then well they all drowned yeah but they get them it was a cool little scene yeah it was i i really liked um the part where he's getting her out of that room and like the, he gets the lights off and then he's like sneaking around stealthily yeah that was and then cool. it just the lightsaber's on for a minute he does a couple slashes then it's off again, and the other stormtrooper's like, "God, oh, there's nowhere to run. I'm gonna get you." Like, <laughs> clearly, oh, no, way too gonna die. Yeah, and then oh my god, so that was that's cool. Like, that's that was a cool very, scene. Yeah, very very interesting with the lighting there and the shot of like the lightsaber comes on and you see from it, and then it's gone. And it's darkness again, and you're dead. So that was cool. And then, um, yeah, they they're kind of making it out. They get after the, after the the hallway there. Yeah, with the water. He seemed to be doing pretty good. He has Leia under his yeah, cloak, so which is kind of weird. I, I kind of agreed. That, to me, was a he's, bit goofy. He's literally just wearing a big robe. And, and he's, like, holding it all He's, like, her. yeah. If you ever walked with a little kid, they'll just, like, walk, like, touching your leg. And obviously, she's a lot shorter than he is. And he, she's kind of just, like, holding onto his leg and just under his cloak. And he's just kind of holding her with one hand. It is real obvious. It's... Well, because her really feet like are still sticking out of the bottom and everything. Like, walking right. next to his. Yeah, because it's, like, you know, the bottom of the robe is like two inches off the ground and it's just like this could have been written better it's a little goofy i agree I, that's I like the only had... gripe i have with this episode 100 percent. i i totally agree with that um they could have done that a little better i think yeah. but whatever i guess the idea is just it was so hectic everyone was going so crazy no one really paid him any mind right nobody everyone was realized there was something going on in the base and they're so, just casually it's whatever i mean and they don't get away with it right i mean they get caught so right it's fine um, the, the Reva there sees him. She's like, you're the traitor from before. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're going to die. And, um, it's looking rough because even though Obi-Wan's there and he's got his lightsaber, they're on like the flight deck and they're just, there's hundreds of stormtroopers around and there's like three inquisitors and, and they're all surrounded. Yeah. They got, yeah, exactly. Three inquisitors. They're just, just blasters pointed them from every direction. It's not looking good. Like in like the half second where she's kind of showing the, the situation, I was like, damn, what is about to happen? 
yeah, I was like, are they gonna is um is Tala there gonna gonna take one for the team? Is like what what is going on, man? It's, yep. And um no, we get the we get the the previously referenced from the beginning of this episode. Obi Wan's like, use those T forty sevens. Let's let's bust it in. And they're like, listen, man, we're not soldiers. We don't we don't we use those for hauling shit around. But right there they are, the T forty sevens. The snow speeders. start lighting up all the stormtroopers and, and the inquisitors. They and... come on in, yeah. Again, they're not like massive ships. They're not starfighters. They're just air speeders. But yeah. In that close confines and everything, they're it's still better they than yeah. yeah. They're still better than just ground troops. So they got the blasters and they 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 all jump blast them one. a path through. Yeah, That's right. and then uh, one of them lands while the rest while the other one keeps strafing. Um, I I really just like the scene, even just of them as the the chaos ensues and they're running out, just like blasting left and right. Right, Obi Wan just pulling some John Wick again, style stuff. John just, Wick's type yeah. stuff. I think I, that always looks great. That was a cool scene. And they hop in one of them, and then the other one's holding Reva at bay, like like pinning her down. Um, with what's his? Who was that? Who was his name in that one? Wade. Wade, yeah. And uh, but as he's trying to fly off and escape, she she launches like a explodey barrel thing at yeah, him, something, and he's, he goes on down. He goes so, down. My man Wade, shout out to him. Pour one out for the homie. He's a real trooper. He took one for the cause, man. He was he was ready. For, he was ready to die for the cause. He doesn't he know what he that. did, but that's right. He, he really set a bunch of the other movies in action. In a lot of so. ways, he might have. He you know Wade's sacrifice contributed to the. That's right. The safety of the the whole galaxy. So. That's right. Shout out to him, man. Much respect for my guy. Um, and then they're like, "Yeah, you're soldiers now, man. This is this is the this is the dealio here." Um, and then Darth Vader rolls up and he's like, "You goofed it again, Reva. This is it's like this force is a, choking her. Like this is a big disaster. This is the worst thing you've done yet. Probably you keep goofing. I told you, I told you if you failed again, there'd be consequences. And then she's like, oh, "I did it on purpose, maybe, right?" And he's like, "She's like, I'm tracking them." And he's like, "You you tracking Kenobi?" She's like, yeah. Are you sure? He's like, are you sure it's on Kenobi? She's like, less. Let me tell you, where my tracker's going, Kenobi's going, okay? Where Kenobi goes, my tracker follows. And you're like, oh, so it's something to do with Leia, and it's like, it turns out, and I was like, okay, it's probably in the droid, right? And it's in it's, her little ladybug droid, Lola. It's in Lola. We, we get the little, sting a little scene the where they're like sitting there in the, whatever, the transport ship, and uh, it just cuts to Lola, and she's like a red eye now, and she's all like creepy. Yeah, yeah, they got it in there, so. I don't know where they're gonna go, what the what the plan is here, where they're uh, making moves towards, but yeah, they uh, they're gonna find her. Yeah, they're gonna find they're gonna track him to wherever. I guess if they go back to Jabim, then now they'll know the source of the path, which would be upsetting. I I hope the path isn't destroyed. Like I you know I said last week, how much I enjoy this the idea of this, and like I think it's right. a cool idea. I was sitting there, I was thinking, I was like, I wonder if they're just gonna go back to uh what what planet is she from? Where Bailgrana lives and stuff? Alderaan, just Alderaan. Alderaan. Just, yeah, that would be probably the most ideal thing, but. I mean that Obviously would make sense. Know. I guess the thing is just that yeah, this whole time they've been so he's been so strapped for resources, right? Like he doesn't have a ship, he doesn't have the money to buy a ship. But now they're on a ship. Just no, going they have, somewhere. yeah, exactly. So it's You're like why not right. just drop her off? Because like last week, this thing was that they had to hook him up with a transport to even get back. Right. Um, well, he was taking a just like a, a, a modern like Star Wars train between planets. Exactly. That was his system to get back and forth. That's and how then, he got to. Well, that's how he got there, and then the first planet. Then they left. They stole that freighter, and then what's his name? You know, told them like, "Hey, you meet up with this contact," which was her, right? So, right. Clearly, they have the resources to get get them on a ship to somewhere. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we got two left. Um, I think we still, you know, we definitely should count on a another big encounter between Obi Wan and and Darth at some Hoping. point. Hoping. I think I I kind of wonder if. With maybe one or even maybe the next episode or like at some point that that Leia will get home, you know what I mean? Like you would think. And then Obi Wan's like, "All right, I have to go back 
like I have to try to save Anakin one more time, kind of thing. I feel like maybe that's maybe the way it's going. Clone Wars flashbacks during yeah, the battle. Yeah, yeah. So I that that would be my guess. Even is that like it's gonna be one of those battles where it's like Obi Wan gets some of his strength back and is kind of yeah, beating down yeah. Darth Vader a little bit. So maybe that'll be like, all right, like you take her, you get Leia out of here, take her home. Like she'll be safe now, but like I, I, I can't I just go back. This. I gotta try. Yeah. So kind of like what Ahsoka did in uh, Rebels. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, yeah, it's great. I, I really liked it. Like I said that very good episode. Air speeders were cool. I really liked seeing those. They mentioned them, and I was like, are they gonna? We gonna, we gonna, see, we gonna see some classic action going on there? Classic snow speeders. You know, they're not really snow speeders, of course, obviously. Um, There's no speeders in my mind. Well, of course. I mean, that's what everyone's going to call them. But they're technically T-47 air speeders, mm. which is cool. I like seeing them in environments that aren't just right. hot. I mean, right. that's pretty much the only time we've ever really seen them in right. a lot of ways. But, like, there's also the, there's, like, a tan sand speeder model that exists as well. Oh, yeah, there is, isn't there? So, that's yeah, just cool. I, I like seeing that. And again, they, 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 they're helpful. They're better than nothing, clearly. And I mean, and that's what they say about those, even in you know all the all the all the lore for the T forty seven, so that they are just like civilian airspeeders that were modified to to be with a grappling, yeah, with gun a grappling and hook and a couple of guns, something like that. Yeah, they're JB welded on there. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I guess I guess not. Um, I guess they came with them, maybe, or or I guess these people already maybe themselves modified them to have the guns in there. I don't know. It's not really clear, but whatever. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I like seeing the gun again. And again, though, there is still something like those aren't starfighters, right? Those aren't X Wings. Those aren't Y Wings who are really like there to cause They're not damage. meant for space travel. They're not starfighters. Yeah, like combat ships. They're just kind of janky, modified. They're, like, they're service ships. Exactly. So it's cool. I seen them. I, w- I was glad that they got on a bigger ship because I was going to be worried. I was the, my, my nerd sense was tingling, Colin. I was like, they better not go into hyperspace in one of those. That's just an airspeeder. That's not that's not rated for external uh, atmosphere flight. That's just more fuel for the fire. And that just a doesn't. people yeah. are dogging this show. Exactly. But no, they get in a bigger ship and they, they fly off. So, yeah, you got, you got any any bold predictions you want to say for the, for the whole season? Now that we're not going to be hearing from you again before it's all wrapped up? Um... I hope they don't do anything too crazy. Mm. I hope there's some kind of final scene between Darth Vader and uh, Obi-Wan, of course. I hope it's not too, like, extra or they try to do too much. That's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I've been saying since the beginning, right? It's like Obviously, there are limitations with this show because they can't. Exactly. There's got to be limitations with how they right. handle it. So. To not, yeah, spit too much in canon and yeah. make everyone all upsetty. I just hope that we see her actually make it home before this season is over. Yeah, I think that'll definitely that'll definitely have to happen. Leia'll get back. Oh, I I do want to mention a couple of things. Um, so people have been complaining about that as far as like canon and 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 the and the continuity of like why if Leia knew Obi Wan like this, why doesn't she recognize him or why doesn't anyone? I was ever thinking about that it? literally a couple of minutes ago sitting here. And it you know there's definitely something to that, right? I think that's a fair kind of thing to mention. But I I think that you could actually kind of make the argument with some of the dialogue in the in a New Hope that maybe she did kind of know him, right? So there's yeah. the one part where uh, where Luke breaks her out and he's like, "I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you, right? I'm here with Ben Kenobi." In that scene, Leia jumps up and she goes, "Ben Kenobi, right?" Like she's yeah. excited about. It. Like obviously she knew who he was because in that movie that she's on the mission from her father and all that. But it kind of seems to suggest that maybe she remembered him. Yeah, she remembered him at all. So if she remembered him as and Ben. She hasn't seen him in. 30 years. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a really, really cool unintended sort of consequence of this, right? That I I kind of realized it a couple weeks ago, but I didn't mention it. Um, So, you know, in Legends, right? Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker's son, he names Ben. 
Ben Skywalker, right? Because obviously he was very close with Obi-Wan and all that. Or well, he was kind of close. I mean, they knew each other for like a week, but whatever. Right. Um, and he was a big mentor and an influence and all that, right? And so he named his son Ben. And in canon, obviously, um, Han and Leia named their son Ben. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of like, it's not, it doesn't make as much sense, right? As, as it does for Luke, who was close, because they didn't really know him like that. Right. And the general kind of consensus was like, well, in a lot of ways, Ben is the reason that the two of them ever met. And so it's kind of a nice like way to honor him by by naming their son there, right? Right. But with now the events of this show, it makes a lot more sense why Leia might name her son after Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, it yeah. does make more sense for sure. Which I don't think was intentional necessarily, right? I doubt. I highly doubt that when they wrote this show, they were like, "Guys, we need to give them a reason for Kylo Ren's name to be Ben." <laughs> but I just thought it was it was one of those things that happened. Like I always talk about with the franchises like these, where there's so much going on, there's so many like connections that you can always but it draw all from. makes sense in the end yeah and it just kind of is like an unintended little like oh that does kind of work out it makes sense so i just felt like mentioning that yeah maybe. that's definitely a good point i think that's about it oh I, I like seeing the use of the code cylinders i always like that right so those are the things that the imperials have on their, their right. jackets those little considering pen. a lot of the time you never see them do anything with those they're using the code cylinders we're seeing them we're seeing them go um so yeah it's cool because they're in every movie yeah, exactly. So they actually were using them in this episode. Like, this is my clearance. Take it. So, very cool. Because that's how they've always been explained as like, you know, they're indiv- they're specific to each Imperial, right? They have all your data kind of uploaded. They're basically right. a little USB Pretty stick. Pretty much who you thing. are. Yeah, and then so you it's got your clearances and all that. So It's like a Star Wars driver's license. Exactly. So I thought that was very fun that they, they use the code cylinders. I always like seeing those. Because there's such like, it's like a, such a detail that everyone's always bringing right. out. You know, when you're doing your cosplays and Han Solo has some of them running around he in does. some of the movies. So it's like, he probably has those for <laughs> nefarious getting around stuff. But that was just fun. I just took a note of that because I liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So going forward, I think we're going to get more of, uh, more of Tala, more of Roken, I think, because he's, his actor, O'Shea Jackson Jr. there has come out and said like, yeah, I do some stuff. I'm going to make some people mad. Some of these, some of these whiny <laughs> fanboys. So. <laughs> I assume he's going to do some cool stuff in this coming up, so I'm excited to see that and everything. That but once again, cool. show continues to be good, man. Yep. I don't care who knows it. I'm all about it. All about this show. All about. I don't know why. I don't know why people are so determined to, to dislike everything, but it is what it is. Yep. Star Wars fans, kind of the worst. Kind of the worst. Well, I think with that we'll wrap it up here. Um, as always, you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Podbean at um, the Ack Attack with J and Z, obviously. Just Google it. You'll find all kinds of stories. We're on Spotify and all that. Our Twitter is at Jazz. Our email is akatakjazz at gmail.com if you want to email us anything. As always, our uh, intro was done by front of the show, uh, Artist Celery Salt. He's got an album coming. Um, and then also our uh, logo was done by front of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. He's at inkocean.jpg on Instagram. He's also got some designs and stuff on Redbull if you want to check it out. And um, our special guest here, Colin, you can shout out your thing. Oh, if if any of you fellow listeners are into anything hunting and fishing, feel free to check us out on all socials at 716 Bass Fishing on all socials if you're into outdoors and fishing. Yeah, just a bunch of cool fishing videos. You guys are always catching good stuff. That's right. Getting out there, seeing the sights around here, all the good fishing, oh, all, yeah. all the good water and holes. So. That's right. But check that out. And with that, uh, as always, you know, we wrote it, we, we built it, uh, whatever. Whatever the hell he says, you get it. You've heard it 49 times. We built all the sets or whatever. We produced it, blah, blah, blah. Um, say goodnight to the people, Kyle. Good night, everybody. Good night and Godspeed. <laughs>